it's 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 funny because it's necessary that for some of the people in my church i uh call and schedule a time to uh visit with them or have them over or those kinds of things and for other people in my church it's like not expected um and and i could just stop by for a little bit you know that's just one example but i think um for me one of the things that was really um nerve-wracking but growth producing was when somebody her name's sandy she came up to me one sunday and goes hey do you want to come and do some prison ministry with me i need somebody there i I, she, she she wasn't she wasn't feeling super confident that she was communicating the scripture well enough and she wanted somebody to come with her. And she's like, Hey, if you could, you know, come with me every Tuesday, da, 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 da. And that was, again, you guys only watch videos. So you don't really, you only know so much about me. That's nerve wracking to me for a couple different reasons. One, I don't like the idea of being locked in a room for a very long time with people. I don't know. Like, it's just not super comforting to me. Like not, not like, just sort of in a room, but literally rock locked in. Like you're not getting out. It's a prison. Yeah. It's intentionally <laughs> not easy to get out. And so um, that was like super nerve wracking, but it was one of those situations where it was like, if I don't make myself do this one, I probably don't know what I'm missing out on. And two, like maybe this could be used for growth. And I mean, that has been such a transformational thing in my life of for like forcing yourself to do something you don't like knowing that you mm-hmm. can literally fall flat on your face but saying okay well where can i grow where can i adapt what benefit can i get out of this and i think that's super helpful the um same thing with the visiting people i i this is going to sound bad and maybe it is bad i don't know i hate visiting people in hospitals just it's that i don't know what it is it's just that feel of like one most of the time i don't know you when i'm coming there it's 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 probably like I have this feeling that this is just as strange for you as it is for me because <laughs> you can't get away. You're trapped in that bed and me, some stranger that somebody, you know, has me coming to talk to you. is a little awkward for both of us. And so, again, forcing myself into situations like that, um, because, again, it's 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 like you said, part of the job, I don't think is maybe the right way to word it. But that is ministry. And even if you're not good at it. It's that part that you kind of have to force yourself to do um, for the sake of the people that you're over. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and I think some of that is in our head even. Right. Like uh, like I'm 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 similar. Um, And I've I've I think that I've grown in this area. But but especially at first, man, when when I would go and visit someone who's in the hospital, um, it's like. I think because I was new at it, um, I, um, I, I assumed, uh, that it, that it was absolutely as awkward for them yeah. as it was for me, you know, like, like, listen, um, th- there's a part of me and, and there's a part of you in the back of your head. That's like, you know, listen, I, I, I understand you don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Um, let's just do this because <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, but, but like, in fact, though, that's, that's just, that's not true, you know? Um, and, and, and I think I, I had to, um, uh, I had to get past that in my head 
because there's a reason that the scriptures talk about visiting the sick uh, and and uh, how important that is. And it's because, I, I mean, they're in a position in which they need encouragement. They need the scriptures. They need to be prayed over. And, and, and it truly is a service of, of ministry to, to love them in that way and in that time and place. And I, I think that um, I've, I think I've, I've never been more convinced of that than when my mother-in-law was passing away and, and there was a lot of ministry that needed to happen um, uh, among the family, which, which frankly could be even more awkward depending on the family. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but there was a lot of ministry that needed to take place. They were actually looking for solace and comfort and they knew that they weren't going to find it by watching TV or something like, like at the end of the day, they needed to hear, have the scriptures read. They needed to hear what, what, uh, what is heaven going to be like? How do you know if, if, uh, if you or she or they are, uh, Christian, how, like they need that reassurance and comfort. And so, um, as awkward as that might be at first, um, I, I think that, uh, we have to get, uh, we have to get past that. And, um, and, and perhaps if you're an, um, an older, um, guy with more life experience, when you become a pastor, you've been through maybe, uh, both your parents have passed away and you've been through some things like that. Maybe you go into that already knowing, right? And so maybe that becomes not, not a, a thing in your ministry that's as difficult, right? Um, but for me, there, there are, it's not even just visiting the hospital that that's difficult for me. It's, it would be visiting in general. Um, because we've grown, you and I have grown up in an era in which you don't visit people. Oh no! Yeah, right. This like you, text you, me. you, you call and plan or text. Frankly, you're right. Text and and you know, hook up. In fact, when people are like, "Hey, we should get together sometime," I'm like, "Cool. Have your wife call my wife because I don't know." Um, like, and that's how it happens. And then magically, my wife says, "Hey, so and so is coming over on this day or whatever." Right. Uh, and it just magically appears and happens. <laughs> um, uh, but like that's that's the era that we live in and that we've grown up in. But specifically for the the elderly, they grew up with like pop ins. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, and like, but you need to give me like like a few hours to put together the fake house at least. Don't just show up at my door, right? Come on. Like, I need There's to, laundry I need to, right like, there. Like, the dogs are here. They smell <laughs> the high habit. You can't come in this house, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just visit on the porch. Uh um but we we that's that's a cultural thing, right? That that is just different between eras and, and generations. And um and so it's it's actually it's 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 funny because it's necessary that for some of the people in my church, I uh, call and schedule a time to uh, visit with them or have them over or those kinds of things. And for other people in my church, it's like not expected. Um, and and I could just stop by for a little bit, you so, know. Let's 
let's talk about that real quick. So I think that's really, yeah, yeah. that's a whole nother aspect to this. So when you're talking about as a pastor, um, you know, for example, you have a multi-generational con- congregation. Most churches are going to be yeah. that way. And so not only are you having to sort of weigh, hey, what are my, what are my, the things that I'm good at? What are the gifts that I have? What are the things I need to sort of lean into intentionally to grow on? While at the same, like that's hard enough. <laughs> while at the same time saying, okay, well, how I approach those things vary with all of these different people. So with my older congregants, they just expect me to pop in for sort of my, you know, my middle-aged congregants, they, they kind of want to plan it a little bit. If I'm trying to, you know, talk to maybe a, a teenager or like a young adult, like there's a whole nother aspect there where they don't even want to, like they get anxiety even making eye contact. So now I have to like text them. Like, so there's this whole, there, there's this whole, this whole <laughs> the, the background panic attack. <laughs> yeah, they look calm, but in their head, everything's exploding. So it's one of those things where like for all of these different people, not only are you trying to lean in and say, okay, I need to do these things. But I think as a pastor or somebody that inter- interacts with a lot of different kinds of people, really knowing, hopefully this comes natural to some people where you can sort of read people really well and kind of get a, you know, okay, and sort of roll with those punches individually. So you kind of know, but if you don't do that, and this is something, again, this, I think this is where it applies sort of like outside of the pastor, just to certain jobs. I'm a salesman for my job. So there's lots of different people I interact with on a very daily basis. So I've had to learn and adapt, which is honestly sort of been a transferable thing into pastoring, but I've had to learn to adapt really quick on how somebody's feeling, sort of their personality, how to intro a conversation. And, um, I think that's a whole, what you just mentioned, there's a whole different dynamic underneath this other thing to where now maybe you're not real good at hospitality and you're trying to lean into that a little bit, but now you have to figure out how to lean into that and learn that well with all of these different generational cultural things all Mm -hmm. involved. And so really as a pastor, what you're trying to do, if you, if you, if you're trying to do it well, um, is like at the end of the day, I think it can be really easy to get home and be like, I just don't know. Like I give up, I give up. I don't know how to do this well, because what works for, you know, you know, Ethel over here doesn't work for, you know, you know, Jim, and you're just trying to figure out all it. So like, maybe, I don't know. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Maybe speak to that a little bit. Like how have you navigated that? Well, where you're like, man, like what works for them does not work over here. And now I'm having to kind of, mm-hmm. I had to in my head, make mental folders of how to do this in different situations with different people and love them all well. Yeah. So a, a, a couple of things, first of all, that, that has to do, um, that dynamic is in everything that you do as a past, including preaching. Um, yeah, that's good. I, but, because uh, um, I I have to recognize um, who who is in the um, who's in the the room <laughs> who it is I'm speaking to um, <clears throat> I mean there are certainly scenarios in which you don't uh, if you're guest preaching or uh, doing some sort of evangelism or conference or those kinds of things of course you're not going to know everyone that's there you know but. Um, and so it, it's going to be more generalized, but, but I have the privilege of knowing these people 
Um, and, and so I, um, I'm going to be able to, or let me rephrase that it, based on our conversation, right? I, I should and must, um, a, even in preaching address that multi-generational multicultural kind of, and I mean, we're, we're in Dickinson, North Dakota, right? So this is oil field country. There are people from every, everywhere here um and people of uh many ethnicities from many cultures from a bunch of different states uh from a whole lot of different denominational backgrounds some not from any church background uh and so i like i have to that's all stuff that you have to think about and navigate the whole time and the answer to the how is actually simple enough that it's it's probably going to be a letdown to everyone um and and it really is just you you need to get to know them mm, yeah <laughs> you you need to know these people i i've said from the pulpit a time or two um when i'm i'm making application and um, maybe giving comfort or those kinds of things like i know i know you and I know that some of you are struggling with these things or those things and, and this stuff. And I, I know that uh, there there are marriages in the room that are difficult. I know that there are, are uh, moms in the room who feel like they're single moms because husband never shows up or comes or cares or whatever. Like I'm able to say those things and interact with with a lot of different people in the room. But you got to know them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't want to stop you mid-sentence, but yeah, like, go ahead. that is so important. I think that part right there, there are, there are, especially I think one of the focuses, and this may have changed since I've been in college, but one of the focuses I know when I was in college coming out, uh, and just so everybody is aware, this has been oh, nearly 20 years ago that I was in college, just short of that, probably 18, 19 years. And so there wasn't a lot, or at least a lot that I remember of classes on like, Hey, being a pastor is far more than knowing the right theology, being able to preach well, being able to organize a business, uh, like a, an organization, right? Like those are the things they really, I remember them teaching a lot. Like homiletics is important. Knowing the right theology is important. Being able to communicate, that's important. But one of the things that really isn't focused on a lot and what they tried, at least at the time that I remember they tried to sort of do that was like, hey, go be an intern somewhere. That's not really super, I mean, that's, that's I guess, at least a start. But the idea is what you're talking about here. This relational aspect of it is so important. I mean, mm -hmm. just, I mean, like I said, so I go around a lot of different places, talk to a lot of different people. There are people in each stop that I have uh, because they know I'm a believer and we've talked about that all before that like all one, I have to be ready on my toes at any time because I don't know when they're going to want to talk about certain things or what they're going to want to talk about. But secondly, I've got to know them well enough to know how to sort of enter that conversation. Like, what do you know about Christianity? What don't you know about Christianity? Like, where do you stand on certain things? And I think as a pastor, obviously, that goes a whole nother layer deeper where knowing what they're going through and not you're not just preaching to them. You're, you're preaching into their situations. You're not just giving general ideas. Of, hey, this will probably work for you. But again, knowing how their marriages are going, know how their relationship with their kids are, knowing if someone's dealt with you know, this, you know, depression or a situation, that knowing them uh, helps you uh, not only take advantages of your strengths as an individual, but know where maybe you do need to